Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover series. Very, very exciting. It's an AFC West divisional matchup this week in between the Broncos and the Chargers. And I'm joined today here on the Locked On Broncos side of things with the guys, the hosts of the Locked On Chargers podcast. You have Daniel Wade and John Kegley joining me here today to talk about this big matchup on Sunday as the Broncos travel to Los Angeles, to the StubHub Center to take on Phillip Rivers and this Chargers team. Hey, guys, how's it going? What's up, Cody? How's it going, man? I'm definitely looking forward to this matchup, and I think it's going to be closer than some people might expect, given the two teams' record. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to get into it. Absolutely. You know, me as well, because I, I think when we look at this matchup, there is a lot of history between these two teams. It dates back to years worth. You had the stretch where, you know, I think we we're talking about it before the show where you had, you know, Philip Rivers, Jay Cutler and the Chargers were absolutely dominating the Broncos in the AFC West at that time. And then you had the stretch where the Broncos had Peyton Manning dominating the AFC West during that time. And right now. It's kind of up in the air between these teams, and the Chargers have had uh, the successful end of it the last couple of seasons for against the Broncos, so that's kind of been a big thing and a huge matchup here. The Broncos coming into it 3-6, and six. San Diego, I mean, San Diego, Los <laughs> Angeles coming into this matchup. That happens all the time. It's crazy. Um, but Los Angeles coming into this matchup, only losing two games, one of those games to the Kansas City Chiefs, which they'll play once again. You know, the AFC West has been tough. And those top two spots in the AFC West, it's a battle for, I think, playoff positioning and seeding. And, and we're going to break down this matchup here tonight on the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Chargers crossover series. Segment number one of tonight's show, we're going to talk about the Chargers offense against this Broncos defense. We're going to engage in some back and forth discussion, some questions about what the Chargers offense might do. And they're going to ask questions about the Broncos defense and how this matchup really works uh, in favor of both teams. And then segment number two, we're going to take a look at the Broncos O against this Chargers defense. It's going to be a, a premier talk about the battle of the positions here. And segment number three, our final segment of tonight's show, we're going to give our game predictions and also maybe some final thoughts on this matchup as well. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at MyBookie. We'll talk to you guys about them just a little bit later on here in tonight's show. So, Daniel, John, let's jump right into it. Now, I have a lot of questions for you guys regarding this Chargers team because I think every single year they go under the radar a little bit. They don't get talked about as much despite them only having two losses on their record. You have a lot of people saying that they played kind of a schedule where they played some Jekyll and Hyde teams, but in the NFL, they're ideally, if you're looking at it, I think the Chargers are beating the teams that they are ideally supposed to beat. That's the important thing, and that separates good teams from bad teams. The Broncos, on the other hand, they're playing some teams they should beat, but they're not coming out on the other side with a victory. I look at this Chargers offense, and I tell you what, I see a lot of firepower. I see a lot of uh, scariness there, and obviously it's all led by Phillip Rivers. You have Melvin Gordon, who's been absolutely exciting to watch the last couple of seasons. He's really turned it on, but really, I think a big matchup in this game to look at is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams against this Broncos secondary. And, don't, and obviously, Travis Benjamin, a factor, Tyrell Williams. And obviously, we can't forget the tight end position. You have Virgil Green, former Bronco. When I look at the Chargers offense, I see some former Denver Broncos. You have Russell Lacoon, who played tackle for Denver, Michael Schofield, and Virgil Green. There's some ties there. Uh, so that'll definitely be fun to watch. But uh, coming into this matchup, guys, we've seen... The AFC West have three quarterbacks that have thrived in terms of top completions in the NFL, in terms of uh, completions of 20-plus yards down the field. And and Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Case Keenum are all in this list here. With Phillip Rivers, his ability to get the ball out of his hands quickly, how has that really benefited him and the offense this year with guys like Keenan Allen being healthy and Melvin Gordon healthy out of the backfield? 
it's improved this offense a lot, and I mean a lot, because beforehand, even though Rivers would still get the ball out of his hand quickly, he would get it on average out as fast because he was trying to hold the ball and make a play deep, and no matter what it was, it could be triple coverage, single coverage, he would throw it out there and try to make a play. With him having a faster release now, he's not forcing it. He's throwing it short to running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, whoever's there for that quick completion, and it helps move the ball down the field, and you don't get turnovers, you don't get mistakes. Unless it's a drop ball, then it's out of Rivers' hands. You can't blame him for that. But it's helping this offense become more efficient, less turnovers, and I think it's the difference between this year and previous years with Phillip Rivers looking like even more like a top 10 quarterback, a top five quarterback. Yeah, he really has. And I, I'd say that's a testament to what Phillip Rivers has done. He's been a consistent guy throughout his career in Los Angeles. And, and he's been a pain for a lot of NFL defenses. You know, he has moments where, you know, I tell you what, he has one of the, uh, my football players that I coach in high school, they say I have a Phillip Rivers release. And, and the way I get the ball out that, you know, they say it's, it comes out quickly, but it always <laughs> looks awkward. Phillip Rivers He's good at that, but he's also good at getting in the heads of defenses because he's a guy that will talk smack, and we've seen in the past. Phillip Rivers, Von Miller, Derek Wolf, all Jong, and they I, it's all respect. They all have a lot of respect for each other. I think just during the competitive nature of a game, that's where they get chippy. But afterwards, their hugs, their you know, their their handshakes, and you know, Derek Wolf came out the week, you know, this week in the media and said that he loves the fact that Phillip Rivers is such a competitor and that he doesn't take it personal. That really, he jaws at you. You could jaw back at him, and after the game, it, you know, it's all good. It's all it's all done. They have a lot of respect for one another. Phillip Rivers, a great quarterback. Melvin Gordon having a good year. Uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about a little bit of a Colorado connection here. He kind of came onto the NFL scene last year. He's a local product out of here, out of a Western Colorado University down here. And Austin Eckler, how has he been this year in terms of getting into year two of his NFL career with his Chargers team? Well, Austin Eckler, I mean, had me convinced at least through four or five weeks this season that he was the best running back on this team. I mean, pro football focus had him graded as the number one running back for the first few weeks of the season. And it just seemed like every time he got the ball, he would make a person miss and get a first down, which are obviously two things that you want to do as an offense. And Austin Eckler just seems to be the perfect complement to Melvin Gordon, who has that bruising kind of running style and that slashing running style. Austin Eckler has more quickness when he gets out in the open field. His acceleration is second to none on this team. You hear from coaches that he's the pound for pound toughest guy and strongest guy on this team. So he always falls forward. And I mean, he actually finishes finishes some runs better than Melvin Gordon because of what he does in between the tackles and just always finding a way to get that extra two or three yards. But I mean, his average yards per carry is over six. It, it just seems like he's the spark plug that this offense needed. And you've seen some downfalls, especially on third downs in the last few weeks when he hasn't been as much of a factor we saw in the Tennessee game when he's by himself he, he looked pretty ordinary I think that was a really good defense they went up against but with Austin Eckler he just he wants to get the ball in the flat Phillip Rivers is always looking to get Austin Eckler in a matchup problem for a defense matching him up with linebackers or safeties it doesn't seem to matter I mean he even caught a, basically a fade pass this year and he's five foot ten so they love to get him isolated on linebackers and safeties, dump the ball off to him on screens or in the flat and really let him do all the yards after the catch. 
that's really where he's been a huge factor. I want to talk to you, Cody, really quick. When you look at this Denver Broncos defense, you see a lot of strength, especially in the front seven amongst the defensive line. What has been the issue this year as far as stopping the run? Because they've been one of the worst teams in the NFL so far this season and being able to stop the run. But when you look at the talent they've accumulated amongst that defensive line, it doesn't really seem to add up. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a confusing year for Broncos fans and Broncos country alike because last year the Broncos had one of the top rush defenses in the National Football League. Coming into it this year, there's been a lot of struggle in terms of the interior line play as well as the inside linebacker position. Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis have had a difficult year in terms of stopping the run. And this is all coming off a year where Todd Davis last year didn't miss a single tackle. He's the best Broncos tackling linebacker on the field last year. This year it's been a little bit of a different story. Brandon Marshall has been almost ill-effective for this Broncos defense and what they've been trying to accomplish in terms of stopping the run. You mentioned, you know, over a 200-yard rushing performance given up to the Jets, and then a back-to-back week, you know, you give it up to Todd Gurley, 200-plus yards once again. Really, at that point, people are saying, this Broncos team has given up so many rushing yards, what's going to happen? They go into that matchup with the Cardinals, and David Johnson, like, okay, well, the Broncos might have a chance to make history here, allowing three consecutive 200-plus yard rushers. The Broncos defense buckled down. Von Miller came out and said, we're going to kick their ass, and they backed it up. But, you know, I think really for the Broncos, a lot of their struggles in terms of stopping the run have been on stretch plays of the outside sometimes, getting, you know, uh, their outside backer or their DN kind of hooked and and losing that contain a little bit. And then you've had the interior uh, pressure where – you know, your defensive line, Domatop Peco struggled a little bit more so this year than than I've seen him struggle in his entire career, getting caught, getting hooked on blocks, and then inside linebackers not being there to fill in their gaps in the run game. That's been a huge issue. But the Broncos have actually gotten better in terms of stopping the run ever since the Broncos have put in Josie Jewell, who's a rookie linebacker this year. They picked him up this year late in the NFL draft. He's been a huge plus to go alongside of Todd Davis, and I believe they complement each other's personalities very well. Their abilities, Josie Jewell can drop into pass coverage while Todd Davis can fill in the run. So it's almost like what we saw with Danny Trevathan and Brandon Marshall uh, back in 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. They're they're perfectly complementing each other. That's been a huge thing in terms of the Broncos improving their run defense. Now, a lot of the other struggles, though, come in the secondary. So that's kind of been an issue for the Broncos at that point as well. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I and a lot of it can be kind of misconstrued when you see the fact that they had two games giving up over 200 yards. I mean, those seem like more like bad games more than they are a representative sample of this defense. And another thing I want to talk about is that secondary. How do you see that secondary matching up with a Chargers offense that has pretty three pretty three pretty dynamic receivers with Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, And, of course, Keenan Allen. The safeties obviously seem to be kind of a weak spot on this secondary this year. How do you see that matchup playing out on Sunday? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The Broncos actually get Bradley Roby back from an ankle injury that sidelined him against the Texans uh, the previous week before their bye week. They get him back to go alongside Chris Harris Jr., but Bradley Roby's kind of been struggling as well this year. He's had a very inconsistent start to his season, so really for him, the hope is to finish out strong on this last seven-game stretch in a contract year for him. The Broncos do need some more corner help, though. They have Adam Pacman Jones and Tremaine Brock, who 
really the, both of those guys have struggled tremendously. I've been a huge advocate for maybe the Broncos deciding to give rookie cornerback Isaac Adams some run alongside with Bradley Roby to help this Broncos secondary and learn a little bit by trial by fire rather than going with some of these smaller corners like Pac-Man Jones or some of the older corners like Tremaine Brock. I think we're going to see primarily uh, Chris Harris Jr. matched up on a guy like Tyrell Williams, I think we'll see Bradley Roby on Keenan Allen due to size. And I think you're going to see a little bit of that inside help, maybe a Tremaine Brock matched up on Mike Williams. But last year it was Travis Benjamin for the Chargers. But really Mike Williams coming back from that injury, you know, he's been a fun guy to watch alongside Keenan Allen, who I tell you what, Keenan Allen looks like one of the most unguardable wide receivers in the National Football League. We talk about Antonio Brown, but Keenan Allen doesn't get talked about a lot in terms of his route running ability. And really, I think after tearing his ACL a few years ago, coming back, it almost looks like he hasn't lost a step. He really hasn't. He's been on fire. And it's really that quick cut footwork that he has where he can literally just run three yards in one direction. And before you notice it, he's already five yards in another direction catching the ball. And that's the main difference in this offense because we have guys that cannot get separation lots of times unless we have the perfect play for them. But Keenan, no matter who's on him, somehow, some way, finds a way to get a little bit of separation and pick up that seven yards you need whether it's on first down to make it second and three or if it's third and four, you need him to pick it up. He's been that guy, but we need someone that's going to be a complimentary guy on this team, especially against this Broncos D-line of Derek Wolf, Bradley Chubb, and Von Miller. These guys are going to create havoc for this team, and so we got to find somebody else that has to make that play. Because if I'm the Broncos, I'm putting two guys over there on Keenan Allen. I'm going to say, okay, Tyrell, Mike Williams, or one of you tight ends is going to have to make separation within three seconds or else we're hitting Phillip Rivers for a sack. Yeah, and I, I think essentially for the Broncos, the key is trying to get to Phillip Rivers, who does get the ball out of his hands so quickly that makes it very difficult, especially the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and AFC West. Guys, they also get the ball out of their hands quickly. Derek Carr, the Broncos, their strength is in pass rushing. And, and Bradley Chubb and Von Miller right now are leading the NFL as a duo in terms of sacks at 17.5 total sacks between the two of them. Bradley Chubb is closing in on a possible rookie sack record You know, from Javon Kerr setting that back at 14.5 sacks. He's closing in on that. If he can average one and a half sacks a game, he's going to have it at the end of the year. Von Miller has a chance as well. The Broncos' productivity with these two guys has been very impressive. They've loved it. It's been huge. You're going to see that kind of matchup on Russell Okung. You're going to look for them to go at Michael Schofield a little bit. It's going to be an exciting matchup, and I look forward to obviously seeing it along you guys. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to seeing that as well. But we're going to jump into segment number two here in just a moment. We're going to look at the Broncos' offense Against this Chargers defense, we're going to talk about that. Some injuries that also may play an impact on this game. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you about tonight's sponsor of the Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Chargers crossover episode of the show. And that's our good friends over there at MyBookie. Now, at MyBookie, you can discover a wide variety of ways to win cold, hard cash today. MyBookie features awesome and highly interactive features that make live in-game betting fun. Once again, you can make game live in-game bets as games are going on, and you can even bet on the total number of fantasy points a player may score in Sunday's matchup. So this matchup here this Sunday draws a very interesting concern here. You have Austin Eckler as a wild card guy out of the backfield, and the Broncos also have a guy by the name of Philip Lindsay that is a wild card factor as well. You can bet on the total number of fantasy points between these two players that they may score in Sunday's matchup as well. But don't wait. Head on over to my bookie right now and make a deposit. When you do that, they will literally 
literally match you dollar for dollar. When you use promo code locked on 25, that's one word locked on the number two, the number five. And guess what? If you make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, my bookie's going to throw you an additional $25 of free play today. You can't turn down free money. Turn your $25 into $125. Turn that up. Keep it going with my bookie. Again, visit my bookie and use promo code locked on 25 to get in the game and make money today. Alrighty, jumping into it. The Broncos offense has struggled a lot this season. They've been very inconsistent. I'm sure you guys have been watching it as well. They've had highs, they've had lows. They traded Demarius Thomas. So now they have Corlin Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders as their premier wide receivers. They're going into this matchup against a Chargers defense that has been flowing under the radar. They've been very productive. They've been getting pressure to quarterbacks, but they've also been missing out on some guys. They have Casey Hayward at corner, Michael Davis as well. But is this going to be a game? I think we talk about the injury front as well, just to start off this segment here. But, you know, Joe. Joey Bosa, and, and obviously the news with Denzel Perryman being out for the rest of the season with a knee injury. This is a huge blow to that Chargers defense, and, and the question is, will they be able to get Joey Bosa back for this game? And unfortunately, the answer is more than likely no. He still hasn't participated in any team activities so far this year. I mean, at least practiced with the team on a Wednesday, and that's what he said was, hey, once I practice on a Wednesday – I will play that Sunday. And we still haven't seen it yet. And as far as what Charger fans are thinking is they're not going to believe it until they see it. There's been so many mixed reports with this Joey Bosa injury. One week you hear, oh, he's coming back against the Seahawks. And then the same day you'll hear, hey, he's nowhere close to coming back. There's still no timetable on his return. But to get to a guy that isn't coming back and Denzel Perryman, it's really big, Cody, especially for the rush defense. The Chargers are one of the worst teams in football last season at stopping the run. And yes, some of that does depend on the defensive line. But the main thing that they were missing and the main thing they added towards the end of the season when they righted the ship was Denzel Perriman. He missed a lot of time to begin last season. And the Chargers run defense was, I mean, miserable. I mean, they were absolutely terrible. And the only way the Chargers had to win games was to get up early and kind of take the running game and really eliminate that as a factor. And right now, it's a really a flux. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you look at the free agent market, there's not a ton of inside linebackers that really can come in and contribute right away. A lot of aging guys there. But the one thing they do bring back and what they're going to have to hope for is that Hayes Pillar, the guy who really struggled last year in the absence of Denzel Perriman, will have to come on and, and have a much better season than he did last year. Last year, he was graded as a 45 on pro football focus, as opposed to his first two seasons, where he was a 71 and a 78. And so that's who they're going to rely on right now. The defensive line has been much better. I think the one thing that Joey Bosa factor has really improved on this Chargers defense is really getting a lot of guys more snaps, whether it's Darius Phylon, who's been their best defensive lineman so far this season, or Corey Legit coming back from his suspension. Damian Square is another guy who's played some end. I mean, those guys have gotten a ton of experience, and they've molded together and have some pretty good chemistry on that defensive line. But it's going to be a big factor in this game, especially with the Chargers reeling a little bit, having given up over 100 rushing yards in their last three games. So I think that's a huge factor going into this week, Cody. 
It really is. And when I look at this and I look at the Chargers 4-3 scheme that they run defensively, you know, we mentioned Joey Bosa more than likely not playing in this game, but they do have a guy by the name of Melvin Ingram. And I think he's watching film right now and he's lining up. He's like, okay, I get to go against Garrett Bowles. And Garrett Bowles has struggled this year against pass rushers. He's had the most holding calls in the National Football League as a tackle. Uh, he's given up some bad sacks on Case Keenum. The Broncos offensive right now, uh, you know, when you look at it off on their O-line, they lost Matt Paradise, who essentially was the anchor of that Broncos offensive line. He was such a pivotal piece that kind of held that unit together. They lost Ron Leary, veteran guy at left guard this year due to a knee injury. Really for the Broncos it, it or not, it was an Achilles injury, but he was also battling a knee injury as well. But for the Broncos there, they're losing guys there. They get Billy Turner bumping down to right guard. You have Connor McGovern bumping from right guard down to center. And you have Max Garcia or Elijah Wilkinson maybe kind of rotating at left guard a little bit. The Broncos are experimenting. Garrett Bulls at left tackle. Jared Valdir at right tackle. The Broncos O-line right now, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of scary to watch in this matchup given the fact that I know the Chargers will do whatever they can to blitz, whether that's a nickel corner blitz or whether it's an inside linebacker. They're going to find ways to try to get to Case Keenum, and and I think they're going to try to do it with a guy like Derwin James as well. Who's you know, We talk about rookies. We talked about Bradley Chubb being a, a premier rookie for the Broncos defensively. We look at Derwin James as a, another one of those uh, projects and commodities that we talk about as one of those guys on defense that you absolutely love watching play football and he's a rookie so essentially you're looking at this guy and you're like man this guy has some special talent to him and he could be a big big factor for the Chargers on this game against the Broncos you might look at this Broncos offensive line here Cody and think it's a gonna be a rough thing with all these guys on the Chargers defense like Melvin Ingram and Derwin James or any of these guys, but this team is pretty bad at tackling. Latavius Brown in particular is probably the worst one, or Kyle Emanuel. And you guys have a guy at running back named Philip Lindsay who can just run straight at you, keep the feet moving, keep the shoulders moving, and will break tackles. And he worries the crap out of me. You guys have a three-headed monster with Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, and Philip Lindsay, and I'm only worried about Lindsay personally. I think we can handle Freeman, maybe slow him down. Same thing with Booker, but Lindsay worries me. So no, no matter how bad you think that line is or who you think we're going to have come blitzing you, because, yeah, Derwin James is amazing. He, he'll do a swim move. He'll sneak underneath your offensive lineman. He will find a way to get to the quarterback. But if we cannot tackle Lindsay, there's no way we're going to be able to blitz because we're going to have to – like stay there for a second and monitor that run. And to piggyback off what you were saying, Cody, about Derwin James and what he's brought to this defense, I think it really goes to where he lines up. And you can tell really what he's doing and where he lines up. I mean, he has even a handful of snaps as a defensive end this season. So he really lines up everywhere. And when he gets close to the line of scrimmage is where he's been the most dangerous. He has four and a half sacks which is most ever by an NFL DB in his first season. So that part really scares you. But the Chargers have had to manufacture a pass rush with the absence of Joey Bosa. And it does come from a lot of zone blitzes like you talked about with Derwin James coming off the edge or Desmond King coming off the edge. Uh, they have to kind of manufacture it because they ha haven't been able to successfully and consistently get pressure with four on the quarterback. So they've had to go to more stunts more blitzes off the outside. 
But Derwin James is the perfect guy to have in that position. Obviously, it would help to have two of him because the starting free safety, Jaleel Adai, has had his issues in coverage and in tackling. And I think that's the big risk in the gambit in this game, Cody, is yes, are the Chargers going to get creative and bring blitzes? Yes, but leaves the rest of their secondary kind of vacant and you have to rely on the rest of those guys to make the tackle if Case Keenum is able to pick it up and kind of go where the defense isn't and throw to that blitzing side where there's no defender. So I think that's a huge matchup to watch this week. It really is. I'm looking forward to it. I think the Broncos have to do a little bit more offensively. Uh, you know, I said it in uh, yesterday's episode of the Broncos podcast that, you know, the Broncos need to get Case Keenum to roll out more. Case Keenum is more effective. He's got a higher QBR rating. I believe it's a 104.1 or 101.4 QBR rating. When on the rollout, rather than dropping him straight back into the pocket, he's he's definitely gotten a lot better in the pocket, but his strengths are on the run, being mobile, thrown on the run. I think the Broncos have to do a lot more to get uh, Cortland Sutton involved, Emmanuel Sanders, even Deshaun Hamilton, another rookie. On the offensive side of the ball, they get Royce Freeman back this week from an injury. It's going to be a big thing for the Broncos as they get ready to do battle with the Chargers this Sunday at the StubHub Center. That game scheduled for a 205. Uh, mountain time kickoff so be sure to catch that and we'll have uh, all the coverage here the locked on chargers guys will have a post game report as well as the locked on broncos guys we'll have a post game report as well we're going to jump into segment number three here in just a second where we talk about our game predictions and our closing thoughts on this huge matchup in our crossover series with daniel wade and john kegley guys over there at locked on chargers but before we jump into that the Locked On Podcast Network is doing monumental things on social media. On Twitter, you can follow Locked On NFL Net, where you get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL team on one feed. It is amazing during games, anytime there's any breaking news, or just to get the local perspective, they have you covered on Twitter, at Locked On NFL Net. And on Instagram, Locked On NFL Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories feed and the longer cuts of those big stories on your Instagram feeds as well. Bite-sized audio clippings of the biggest news from your favorite teams on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram today. All right, guys, this is usually the fun part of uh, these crossover shows. Like We could talk for hours about this matchup, about our respective teams, but really kind of getting into the game prediction piece of this matchup. Broncos coming off a bye, Chargers coming off of a big win against the Raiders. Uh, another back-to-back AFC West divisional game here for the Chargers here, and I think going into this matchup, I always think it's bad juju sometimes for me to start it off, so I want to go with your guys. What is your guys' prediction for this game, and I'll close it out with mine. Well, a little superstition. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, this game, I mean, I could see it going a number of different ways. Obviously, we're trying to predict the most likely. The Chargers are the better team in this matchup. They have been this season, but that doesn't mean very much, and Charger fans know that. The Chargers allow teams to stay with them often. I mean, even the games they've had notably against the 49ers, where you let that team hang in there. They weren't exactly dominant against the Raiders, either, at least offensively. This defense, I think, causes a lot of problems for the Chargers, and I think the Chargers have to get out to an early lead in this game to have a lot of success. I think that they will in this one. The matchup in Denver scares me a little bit more than this matchup in StubHub, even though it will be more like a Broncos home game if you look at the stands. 
if it's anything like the other Chargers home games at StubHub this year. I think the Chargers find a way to get it done this week. It seems like they've gotten rid of a lot of the things that have plagued them in the past as far as winning one-score games, which has been difficult for the Broncos. Four out of the last six games, they were in one-score games against the Rams, Texans, and Chiefs, and they weren't able to pull it out. Yes, those are very good teams that they played, so I think it's a testament to what they've been able to do is stay with those teams. But the Chargers have excelled. They've won the last 13 games where they've entered the fourth quarter with a lead, and I think it continues in this game. I have the Chargers 24, Broncos 17. Ah, that's a pretty good prediction there. I, I like that. Uh, I think it, my prediction kind of, you know, is contingent on a couple of things here. I think for the Broncos offensively, if they can come out and, and play effective football and make those changes that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier on, I think that would benefit the Broncos. We we know it's in Bill Musgrave's repertoire. We know that Case Keenum has the ability to be successful uh, when, you know, I think the offense is suited around his needs. If the Broncos could come into this game after the bye, I, I think they're fresher right now than the Chargers, which I think gives them a tiny bit of an advantage. But then again, you always have to wonder, are they going to run into those bye week blues where, you know, if you have the bye week and you come back and, you know, I think not having a week of football, you may become lackadaisical. I, and that's something that we're going to watch here. If that's the case, do the Broncos come out there? I think the Broncos will lose this one. I, I think they'll lose it by two scores if they come out lackadaisical. Like I said, if they, if the Chargers get up early on the Broncos, it's going to be tough for them to come back, especially if the offense can't get things going. Uh, if the Broncos on on the other end come into this game and defensively they can get to Phillip Rivers, I think the Broncos can win this one in a relatively low-scoring game. I would almost hazard a guess and say a 17-14 game, and I'm going to go with that one with Denver. If the Broncos defense plays effective and can get to Phillip Rivers, that's kind of my uh, prediction on my end of things. Uh. That's that's an interesting take. I I'm really torn on what to pick in this in this <laughs> matchup because Philip Lindsay really really bothers me. I just without Denzel Perryman, it really bothers me to wonder if we're going to be able to stop him and be able to contain any type of passing plays in this game. And that Denver pass rush is something else, man. Every time I watch them play, I mean, they had Patrick Mahomes running for his life in both games, and the Chiefs somehow found a way to win. So I'm going to have to say Phillip Rivers finds a way to win this game as well. It's, there's just not enough weapons on the Denver wide receiving core after they got rid of Demarius Thomas to believe they'll be able to score enough points. I'm going to have to say Chargers win this game 23-13. to 13. I think that's fair. I think that I think these are all fair predictions. I like it. Obviously, now we just play the waiting game and we wait to see how this game goes on Sunday between these two teams, two AFC West divisional rivals. A lot of history here uh, that stretched. The Broncos were getting dominated by the Chargers at one point, and the Broncos dominated the AFC West and the Chargers for a stretch with Peyton Manning. This is a new era. The Broncos coming off a bye, three and six against a very red hot Chargers team in Los Angeles. The Broncos have the odds stacked against them. It's going to be a tough physical matchup. We look forward to seeing how it plays out. We went over the Chargers offense against this Denver defense. The Broncos O against the Chargers D and also gave some of our game predictions and final thoughts. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. You can shoot me a follow on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. I love engaging with fans and interacting with fans of opposing teams. I also cover the National Football League, so that's kind of what I do. So if you're a Chargers fan, 
give me a follow. Would love to. Fo- I'll follow all you guys back. Would love to do that. And uh, Daniel and John, can you guys share your Twitter handle so the listeners of Locked On Broncos can give you guys a follow as well? Yeah, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports on Twitter and by just searching John Kegley, K E G L E Y, on Twitter and give us both a follow. We'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys once again for joining us here for a Locked On Podcast Network crossover series. The Locked On Broncos and the Locked On Chargers, they do battle this weekend. We talked about it here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll see you here this Sunday as the two teams meet and collide in an AFC West divisional matchup. For John, Daniel, Cody Rourke, we'll see you again for another episode, a crossover show in the future between all of us once again in the future as the Broncos and the Chargers do battle. Stay tuned for both channels for a Locked On Broncos, Locked On Chargers post-game report from each respective team.